0: Hello, beloved. This is Pastor Angela here with my husband, Pastor Alex. Sorry that it has been so long since our last podcast, but we're ready to get back in the saddle with Season 3, Episode 7, which is called Tears of Blood. And I'm sure you all know what that's referring to. So I'll just let Pastor Alex go with that.
1: So, uh... First, I'll just read a few scriptures um, and talk about, you know, what we've, what's kind of common knowledge that comes out of these scriptures, um, at least in some circles. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. um, I'm reading out of the modern English version. Um, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely He has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we were healed. Um, most Christians these days know that this scripture has to do with, with many things that Jesus took. And that's why, why I wanted to use it, because um, it's talking about the full uh, Jesus taking basically everything negative that the the full curse as it also says in the Bible that he he bore the curse um so that we could be free and it and it kind of like draws it out and speaks about a few things here so I'm not going to go into it much but if you look it up the part where um it says surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows is um those words are also translated in many places as sickness and our pains so you could look that up that's how people get um that this has to do with our physical healing um and then also in first peter 2 24 he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by his wounds you were healed and he's quoting that that isaiah 50 53 3 i think it's 53 4 that he's quoting where he says, um, actually no, it's 53.5, that by his stripes we are healed, but in he says it, by his stripes you were healed. Uh, and this is still referring to um, you know, what Jesus did, but this is after the cross, so he's talking about it in the past tense. Um, and so the, these two are handling Jesus' um, atonement or his, uh, his payment, for our sicknesses and diseases, um, so we are free because he says because he has made us free we are free indeed. So I wanted to also bring out Second Corinthians eight nine Second Corinthians eight nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that through his poverty you might be rich. And I brought that out because that also refers to um, you know Jesus taking poverty because that's part of the curse. So sickness, disease, death, old age, poverty—all these things are part of the curse. I didn't put the the verse about He will renew your youth, but it's also another verse where He says, where He's talking about Jesus taking away the things that um, that were brought about because of the fall. There was no such thing as death, sickness, poverty, um, or old age before the fall, because men were never meant to die. And if you're never meant to die, I would um, think. That everybody would, you know, know that that God didn't want us to live out our lives getting uglier and uglier and weaker and weaker and um, basically looking like death itself walking around. That wasn't ever the purpose of God, um, and I'm sure everybody is familiar and knows that. So the last scripture I wanted to look at has to do with what I was talking about, what we're talking about today, the tears of blood. Is what we tr- what I was wanted to show you is that. So Jesus took care of our sickness, disease, um, youth, the curse, so poverty, and He also another part of the curse, which I think is somewhat overlooked, or we maybe think that um, that you know sometimes maybe we have to look to the world's uh, solution for for another part of the curse, which is mental illness or um, you know all the things that are associated with that, meaning anxiety. Um, and uh depression and uh all those kind of things that, that uh you know a lot of people would call it like a spirit of heaviness or whatever it is that, that God said that he would um trade that spirit of heaviness for gladness, right? So all those things that are attacking your mind, your will, emotions kind of situation. Um so this that this one comes from Luke twenty two, forty two through forty four. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Um, so there's a couple of things here I wanted to point out. It's kind of like with uh, Jesus when he was on the cross and he received the the opportunity to drink uh, sour wine mixed with gall. He said no in order to um, fully experience and appreciate, you know, uh, accomplish all that he was to accomplish on the cross. At the same time here, he was strengthened by an angel. It says that an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. But then it's right after it says, and being in anguish. So this leads me to believe that the the strengthening from the angel is a physical strengthening, but he was still in mental anguish. He, and he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Um. And I believe also in this way, he he decided not to take... Um, any strength or any relief from even the mental anguish and the anxiety that He was facing because He was paying for that so that we didn't have to. So we didn't have to experience that more, So we could be free. So we could experience uh, the full the fullness of Christ. As He said, we now have the mind of Christ. And never before or, or after did Jesus have any problem in His mind because His mind is perfect. But only did He let these things um, you know the the feelings and emotions the preparation for the cross as it were but in this case I believe as well the 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 taking away of our uh, of our mental problems he let that affect him fully and have its way in him just like he let sin fully have its way in him and sickness and disease fully have its way in him so that we could be fully free completely free forever because he is eternal and what he does is eternal works
0: awesome so so what relevance do you think that um, the fact of the because this happened in the garden right Mm -hmm. not on the cross so before he even got to the cross he sweated tears of blood I mean he cried tears of blood or was it sweat sweat okay so, before. I, I think both. Okay. So, that was before he even got to the cross. That was like the first step. So, do you think that has any relevance like or importance as far as that's the first thing he conquered for us?
1: Well, I would say probably the first thing was that he became poor so that we could become rich. And then, secondly, yes, mental problems. And then, thirdly,. Physical sickness and disease was closer to the cross when he was taking the stripes. And then, lastly, sin itself. I think a lot of people get stuck on the fact that Jesus Christ paid for our sins, um, which he did. And the sins, the wages of sin is death. So he paid, you know, our death so we could be free from death. But he did so much more. He didn't want us to live a life um, that was free from death but having every other part of the curse. Um, That was filled with mental anguish um, Poverty and sickness and disease But he took it all And I think the The the, the order I mean it may have significance I I leave that up to the Holy Spirit To speak to each one of you in your hearts If you believe that Um, Him taking away poverty first It seems that these days Things have gone in the backwards order So we start at the cross Everybody knows that they go to heaven By their sin being taken care of Then there's less people that know that their sickness and diseases have been taken care of um but one two that seem backward even even still backwards is that the mental mental health realm is i don't know if um if it's if it's been much spoken about um about him taking away our our mental problems but it has been spoken about as far as him being poor so that we could be rich so you know as far as when when he did it, and the order that the church receives it, it's it's a, it's kind of crazy, um, and it seems too that then when each part of the church receives a portion, they they persecute the next, the people who uh, who get a little more, who who open up their hearts to receive more of what Jesus did for them, and to start walking out um, what he paid for and what he accomplished on their behalf.
0: So, why do you think the church? Is more hung up on the sin itself and kind of a lot of people don't receive or don't know about the other things
1: well I think a lot of it is because they haven't even fully realized the total and utter victory against sin because they think you know they believe that because of the many of them I can't say everybody and speak for people but what I've come across is that they believe that um sin has been taken care of in the sense that up until the time you get saved, your sin has been taken care of, but after that you pretty much have to use the arm of the flesh to earn your way into heaven through your works, or they act like sin is um some enemy that's so strong and powerful that uh we're we're weak to sin the enemy that is sin and we're we're susceptible all the time to sin and um, and we're in a constant struggle with sin. The struggle with sin occurred on the cross. And mm-hmm. Jesus rode, rose victorious after he killed sin on the cross. Death, Sin died that day. All of man's sin. So it is such a defeated foe. And such a, I don't know, modern vernacular I would say something that's so much in the rear view mirror that you shouldn't even see it anymore. But... Unfortunately, objects in the rearview mirror appear closer than they are many times. So people are stuck there because they're busy fighting the sin fight. They don't have time to be concerned about the sicknesses and diseases or prosperity or anything else because they're too concerned with um, daily fighting the good fight, they would call it. But the Bible calls it the good fight of faith. So that means that it's a fight to stay in faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's not a fight to do good works. It's a fight to stay in faith and let the faith and what Jesus has done inside of you produce the good works. And when He does it, it's so much more than you could ever do. That's why the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags or a minstrel cloth. It's the actual meaning there. So, um... And it also says that there is none who do good. And I forgot the exact the exact quote, but it says, Not even one who seek after God and do what's right. Um, but they have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, um, I just say that to say that it's hard to move. Unfortunately, like Paul said, forgetting what's behind and looking toward what's ahead. But it's far, for, hard for us to go ahead if we're still looking at what's behind. And right now, sin is behind. Sickness is behind, death is behind, Um, the curse, poverty is behind. None of those things are in front of us. But if we're busy staring at them, and we're busy believing that they have power over us, then we're giving them power over us. But they have none. The only person that can give power to to those things which are defeated is us, when um, when we believe them and confess them, because we have what we say
0: amen. So, I, it's probably futile to even ask why, but you know how I am and with the whys. Why do you think that the world, the world's way of doing things has so infiltrated the church's way of doing things as far as mental health? So, for instance, like Christian counseling or You know, um, if someone comes to church, oh, I have so much anxiety, I'm depressed, and they they point you to, a lot of people point you to the direction of maybe you should find someone to talk to or, you know, get into Christian counseling or this or that. What are your thoughts on that? I
1: think many times, unfortunately, we allow that... Our experiences to interpret the word of God. So, if we're not experiencing what God says we should experiencing, be experiencing in the way that we think we should, then we believe that um, that He must have meant something different with that. Like, if God says, "I will bless your food and your water, or your bread and your water," as He says in the Bible, and take sickness from among you, but then Christians are sick, then we think, well, um. You know, I'm not sure how you would take that scripture and, and, and think it means something else, but you might think, well, maybe that's for heaven, or maybe that's for um, those who are super spiritual and better than me, because they're walking in the fullness and the holiness and righteousness of God. This is another part that causes Christians to miss out on all the good things that God has given them, because what happens is we start to believe that somehow we can earn those things with our, with our holiness, with our righteousness, with our repentance, repentance. I, we repent so hard to, to try to squeeze some of the gifts of God that He's freely given to us. Um, and that can cause us to to ex- not experience the fullness of God because we're not realizing that, hey, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So wherever in the Bible that talks about what a righteous man gets, you know that the righteous man never sees his children begging for bread, that the righteous man's steps are ordered of the Lord, that the prayer of a righteous man avails much. All those are you if you're in Christ Jesus because you have become the righteousness of God but if you miss that then you could go around thinking my prayers aren't answered um my children are going to be begging for bread and poor and um and God doesn't ever speak to me and lead me and guide me but he said that he does because you're righteous so i think in in, in that way we we kind of diminish what God has done we limit the holy one of israel as it says in the old testament that they limited him by their unbelief and unfortunately you know, I think that's where we find ourselves many times. The other issue is that faith, um, just by its very nature, because it is faith and now is the evidence of things hoped for, means that it's now what we haven't yet seen, because that's why it's evidence of what we hope for. So it's a now, but you haven't seen it yet. That's why you have the evidence now that's faith. So the reason I mentioned that is because... In order to uh, inherit the promises of God by faith, there's a waiting involved. Because if there wasn't, then you wouldn't have to have evidence of something that you actually have. You have evidence of something that you hope for. So because of that, many people give up on the promises of God. That's the reason why the Bible says, don't give up the, um," and I forgot the words if you remember, Angela. Don't grow
0: weary in doing good.
1: There's that one, don't grow weary in doing good. Because in due time you'll reap. But there's also um, the one that says don't give up your confidence because it has great reward. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. Which means that that you can give it up. And if the confidence has a great reward, then what does giving it up have? And it seems to me that giving up your confidence would take away the reward of that confidence. So I say all that to say... That if somebody believes, first of all, if they're experiencing something different than what God has said, they'll many times go to the world's answers. Or if they stood upon the Word of God for five, ten minutes and they're like, Oh man, I've been so strong and I've stood here in my armor of God so long and it's so heavy, so I'm going to put it down. (laughs) And they don't stand anymore. But the Bible says when you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. And what we're standing in is the rest of the accomplished works of Christ. That's why it's such a beautiful thing because we can stand not in something we've done, not in something we've um, accomplished, but in the accomplishment and the finished work of Christ. And that is such a blessing because you can stand in it, but you know it will never fail. You know it cannot fail. You know it's already a done deal. When you are confident in what God has already done, how easy is it to stand, and it doesn't matter. That's why he said my burden is easy, right? Because if you realize that it's all him, then you're not holding anything up, like the, the like song. the song Jaira says, "I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down." He was, he's holding it up. It's, it says that the whole universe and everything is held up by the word of his power. So it's not about us and us and our holding, but it's just about us and our standing and the rest the finished work of Christ. And that's why the struggle we have to do that Paul says or the um, striving is to enter into that rest. And the reason why it's a striving is because a lot of times you can get into rest. And you can feel the Holy Spirit all over you. and You feel like I can take on the world and it doesn't matter. And time doesn't matter. And nothing matters because I feel this presence of the Lord and it's strong and mighty. And then five minutes later, and you step out and the regular world hits you. And you're like, where? Oh, woe is me, Father God. I'm doomed. I'm so doomed. I have no hope. Um, But that's why you need to keep getting in there. Striving to get in there. Get in the rest. Stay in the rest. uh, Live in the rest.
0: Amen. I know I can speak for myself that I've been there many times, (laughs) many conversations that you and I have had in our marriage where I'm like, yeah, I've prayed about it. I've, you know, waited and nothing happened. And you're like, oh, well, keep on, you know, believing. And I know loved ones that, you know, and sometimes it would be annoying to me. Like, I would ask you, why is this happening? Or, you know, I prayed about it and nothing happened. And you would just keep telling me, you know, believe, believe. And then I would get annoyed with you. I'm like, ugh. So then I'm like, I, I don't even know why I'm asking you this. Because you're just going to tell me the same thing you told me last time. <laughs> so I didn't want to even ask you anymore. And now with loved ones, I try and tell them the same thing. And I can hear them rolling their eyes through the phone like dude i've been there so for for that like okay so and i considered myself a new believer i think probably i was a new believer for the first 20 years i was a believer honestly in maturity but so back to what the question was about people maybe uh guiding people to towards counseling or say someone's a new believer and they're just not at that point yet. So a lot of times if you were to say everything that you just said, yes, I believe and I do believe it's right and true and good and biblical and everything. But someone that just came to Jesus Christ and you're saying, you know, you're the fullness of Christ, you know, he has everything, which is right and good, but they're like, um, okay, but I still need someone to talk to. (laughs) Do you think there's a benefit for them and their particular place to go to the counseling until they can get maybe more mature or more discipled? Or what are your thoughts on that?
1: So first, before I answer that question, you have to remind me of the question because I'm saying other stuff and we forget but uh, mm-hmm. in Mark 11 24 it says therefore I tell you whatever you ask in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours and the reason why I mention that is because that's another step in receiving so you're believing and you're and you believe you have received it so what do you do when you receive something when you receive something you start to celebrate right mm-hmm. you start to um, thank God praise his holy name because that's that's how we fight our battles right so you praise his name you give him glory and um and you act like it's done. And that's how you receive it. So that's just something I wanted to bring out there. As far as when you've said what you want to say to God. And you're in the position that angel was talking about. Where you're like, I said it. And um, nothing seems to be happening. Well, it's time to praise the Lord God because you have it. Because it's not about waiting to find out. Uh, waiting to see it. Before you believe you have received it. And before you act like you know it's completely yours. Um, and the question...
0: Um, do you think it's beneficial to lead someone to, um, sec, uh, Christian counseling, or, you know, if they're if you've already discipled them and ministered to them, saying, Jesus is all you need for anxiety and depression, and they're just like, well, that's not helping me right now. So what else you got?
1: <laughs> so. I think this kind of lies uh, along the lines of, because what I believe, um, you know, great faith is, is great, it's just faith that doesn't give up, because, um, because our faith is really in Christ, and he's totally faithful, he's full of faith, so there's no lack there, so unfortunately, many times we put things, we give ourselves, you know, a lot of times people call Christianity a crutch, or we need something to survive, but really the crutches are anything that's not Jesus, anything that's not trusting Jesus. So those things are what we usually do, because we're, uh, you know, in the waiting or we haven't experienced it yet. And I think we should really press, press on and press through. Just like many times, if if, if you talk to a, an evangelist or a missionary, they'll go to another country and they'll say, "Hey, when I'm over there, I see all kinds of miracles and wonders and signs." And if you ask the people. You know, why is it that you guys, I talk to you for five minutes and each of you guys is getting healed and raised up from the dead and seeing blind blind eyes are opened? And in America, I got to talk somebody into it for eight hours and then they'll stop sneezing, maybe, you know? So, and the reason why they'll say, they'll say to us is that, hey, you know, you guys got a hospital in every corner, but here we either believe God or die. So I think sometimes that's how, why we don't experience because we're making God. Plan F. When he should be plan A and there should be no plan B, in my opinion. But, all that said, I would say that each person must decide to trust God. So you do run into times when people are unwilling to trust God. Um, And this usually is just a, a situation where they need to renew their mind to all that God has done and they haven't. And they just don't trust them, um, and they're not forced to trust them because they have other options, you know, like whether it be self-medication, whatever the case may be. Um, because of because of that, if somebody is unwilling to trust God, then it's kind of like to me the whole reason for medicines on the earth. Um, is that sometimes you need to keep somebody alive long enough for them to decide they're going to trust Jesus. So a lot of times medical um, you know, doctors and stuff that are practicing on people, they, they can keep somebody alive long enough for them to accept and receive the healing that's already been provided for them in Jesus Christ in some cases. In the same way, if somebody's keeping you from doing something drastic, harming yourself or others or something like that, by speaking to you um, and helping you along before you get to the point where you trust Jesus fully, then it could be a tool that keeps you alive, but it is not the best because many times then you may not. And in my experience, there's been many people who were Christians their whole life and they never uh, took a hold of all that God gave them. I mean, as, as, I'm sure everybody knows. None of us have taken hold of every single thing God gave us. We'd be walking completely like Jesus in every area of our life. But there's sad, sad occasions where people have died very young in very bad, bad um, situations, uh, health and mental health-wise. And um, they were trying out. They were using all the world's... And I'm putting my hands up in quotations and say the world's help. They were using that... um, And, you know, it didn't help. And it actually ended up in them going to an early grave. So, you know, with all honesty, to sum it all up or conclude it, I'd say I almost basically had an argument myself on this. (laughs) Saying, is there a reason for it? Is there not a reason? The best thing to do in every situation, in all situations, is to trust Jesus. To trust Him with your everything. To hold nothing back from Him. Because he held nothing back from you. Um, to trust him when he says that if he would not hold back even his own son. Then he would not surely hold out back any good thing. To trust him even to the point of death. As many have said. Smith Wigglesworth and others have said. I'd rather die in faith and live in unbelief. That's where I think mostly Christians shirk back. Um, you know we talk about persecution and don't and, and hold on to the end. Um so you'll be given the, the crown of life. But many times, um, we'll, we'll hold on to the end of persecution because we feel like, um, you know, as long as we hold on to the faith, it's okay if we die. um, But we don't hold on to the promises that God's given us as strongly, except for, you know, that one about, you know, Jesus Christ is my ticket into heaven. Jesus Christ has given me, you know, access to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, but not even that He's completely freed me from sin. This that He's freed me from the penalty of sin, many people think. But actually, He's freed you from the power of sin in every way. It has no power over you. You don't have to sin anymore. You're no longer a sinner, but you're a saint. A set-apart one for God. And you've been given a new life, an abundant life. A life that sin is not even a part of. We have to like get our minds... And spend some time trying to bring sin into a life that has nothing to do with sin. And we should be super conscious of this. I I pray that everyone who hears would start to be more conscious of the fact that you are the righteousness of God. That God has left nothing undone. That's why He said it was finished. Not because it's a cool catchphrase. Or that's what you say to all your friends when you're getting ready to pass away on the cross or give up your Holy Ghost, your spirit. It's because it truly was finished, because you truly are free, because those who the Son has set free are free indeed, and you are free from every part of the curse. If it is not in heaven, it is not supposed to be a part of your life, and you can stand in rest in God and expect those things to fall before you. He says that in the Bible that the gates of hell shall not stand against you. So keep plowing forward, keep looking forward, keep trusting and keep resting because everything has been accomplished on your behalf.
0: Amen. I have one last question and this is a toughie. As a pastor, you know how we're responsible for our flock and we're held to a higher standard and accountability. So on the day when we stand before Jesus, And how we dealt with our flock or whatever. If someone. Well to back it up a little bit. If one of the sheep came to you and said. Hey pastor I'm having major anxiety. What should I do? And you say trust God. Trust Jesus. You counsel them to do that. Which is right and good. And they commit suicide. Do you think on the day of judgment. You will be held. Do you think that you'll lose a gem on your crown or gain a gem on your crown for that counsel that you gave that person? You know what I'm saying? Instead (laughs) of saying, hey, why don't you call up a Christian counselor?
1: (laughs) Well, first of all and foremostly, I think that there will never be anything in God's eyes that's more important than giving them Jesus so if I gave them Jesus, if I said that He's trustworthy and true, if I lifted up His name, as the Bible says, if He if he's, if He's He is lifted up, all men will be drawn to Him. So if I did that, then I could not um, do anything wrong with that. There's no way that that could be counted against me um, to say, you know, Jesus was enough, to say that Jesus was more than enough, to say that Jesus was the answer and the person didn't take it. It's, it reminds me of the old a uh, testament scripture that said that if you see the enemy coming as a watchman he was talking to one of the prophets and I may I'm paraphrasing this a bit but if you see the enemy coming and you blow the horn in other words if you warn them or tell them what they should be doing or preparing in order to expect this then then you've done your part if they don't listen and they stay without um preparing or doing what they need to do then their blood is on their own heads but if you don't blow the whistle, you don't say what you need to say, then their blood is on your head. So to me, if I give them anything except for Jesus, then the blood, their blood would be on my head. Because Jesus is the answer. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He's done it all. And there's nothing
0: lacking in Him in any way. Amen. Alrighty, so that concludes our episode. <laughs> I hope you guys were all blessed. I know I sure was. Um, and, oh, I wanted to ask you, Pastor Alex, how do people get um, this podcast on the different platforms? Um, so, we're on uh,
1: Spotify and on um, Apple Music, I believe it's called. Apple Play, maybe No, I think it's Apple Music, but those big ones were on. And also, if you search us, um, it would be His Beloved, um, or if you want the other the other podcast, which is the Lighthouse of Faith podcast. Um, That's Rude where food. you can get all the Sunday sermons. Right, right. You can get the sermons by by searching those two, um, or if you have a difficulty and you need to, um, and you can't search it on your platform. You can um, ask the administrators of your platform to add us. Uh, we're also on the Wisdom app, I believe it's called. And if you need, um, for many podcast players, you just need our URL, and you can uh, you can get us from from there, and it'll just pull it down for you. So if you're using a, a podcast player, um, you can get in touch with us, and we'll send you that URL. Um, it's a really it's kind of long, so I can't tell you offhand. Um, but we can you know copy and paste it, send it to you in a message, so that you can get you know, subscribe to the podcast.
0: All right. Thank you for that. I am, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say bad things about myself and technical (laughs) capabilities because I can do all things through Christ. Anyhow, so I want to take this opportunity to um, give you the opportunity to accept Jesus if you have not done so already. I think um, typically our audience is believers, but um of course if there's anybody that we are reaching through all the satellites and all this ubi gooby technical stuff <laughs> um that is not saved we definitely want to reach you as well so if you haven't done that and you want to do so right now just reach out to him um he's always there waiting for you to accept you into his loving arms all you need to do is just say jesus thank you thank you for loving me father god thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sins for my sickness for my disease for my mental health anxiety depression all of that all of that uh poverty all of that's been broken and taken care of on jesus the day that he died And and when he rose again and defeated death, death has been defeated. Everything. If it ain't good, it ain't God. And Jesus has taken care of it all. So you just need to accept that free gift into your heart right now. And you have it. You have eternal life with him in heaven forever. And I just want to thank God for that. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Thank you. Hallelujah. And if you did do that, you accepted Jesus to live in your heart. You are a new creation now, and you are perfect. You are the fullness of God in Christ Jesus. You are sanctified. You are holy. You are free. You are rich. You are unbound. Nothing can hold you down. Amen. And um, if you are not already hooked up to a local church, I would um, encourage you to do that. Um, in your area. We pastor a small church in Rio Rico, Arizona. If you're in that area, we'd love to have you visit the Lighthouse of Faith Church. You can find us on Facebook, um, and if not, just try and find a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church in your area to get hooked up to. And we love you, and we are so blessed by you, and we will talk at you next episode. Bye, beloved.